You weren't at the Google I.O. Developer Conference? We've got the inside scoop on this tech edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. And I am joined today with a very special guest, Mr. Daniel Sparks, joining us from the Mile High City. How are you today, Dan? Good. How are you, Sean? Not too bad. What's the weather like out there? Uh, it's sunny. It's nice. It's been a couple of weeks of a lot of rain. I think it's been that way in a few places in the U.S. I, I, I'm in the nation's capital, and of course, it's automatically humid the second it turns to May, so there's that. Uh, anyway, so uh, yesterday, the uh, Google had their I.O. developer conference, and they basically crammed about 3,000 developers in a room and talked about you know what they think the future is going to look like over the next year or two. Um, what, uh, what was your what, – what, what, what did you think were the, some of the takeaways? Um, yeah, so I, some of the bigger things were uh, they announced the latest version of Android right now. They're calling it Android M. Um, it's released to developers. It'll come out to consumers later. Uh, maybe we'll see the dessert name for that sometime. Uh, they usually like to name after desserts. Right now, we'll call it M, though. And then there's the uh, remake of Google Wallet. Uh, Google Wallet actually still exists, but... Uh, that seems like, like a shameless kind of... shameless ripoff of Apple Pay. Just like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, very, it's very similar. Um, but at the same time, you could say Apple kind of uh, was you know took some things from Google Wallet when they did Apple Pay, but but it is it's very similar uh, to Apple Pay and and indeed the name too Android Pay yeah is about exactly the do same. Do you <laughs> sorry to interrupt? Do you anticipate sure. that getting any kind of legs? Because I don't, it doesn't seem like Apple Pay is getting you know tons of traction either. I think that it's just a technology that is bound to evolve. That's kind of how I uh, view it and NFC. You know, before, when everyone looked at near-field communication as a potential technology for this, uh, it was doubted even by Apple. And I think it was it was just a way, well, hey, if we just give in a near-field communication, we can make this happen today. Um, it might be a little cumbersome compared to what, you know, the world expects, you know, having to hold up a physical device. But it works, and it's a way to make it happen. So I don't know. I think it could be something that evolves over time. Very cool. So uh, you thought yeah. the biggest takeaway here, and I happen to agree because this is actually a big deal for me because I've got a, a 15-month-old son and I'm like essentially recording all of his life and taking tons of photos and everything. But uh, one of the big news events out of there was Google Photos and how that's be- basically becoming a big draw to the entire Google ecosystem. Yeah, Google Photos was um, – I-, I think it's not surprising to see Google expand their – cloud offering. They're already doing a lot of stuff in the cloud. Uh, they already had photos and cloud storage, but uh, this, they're just taking it to a new level. Basically, they're saying we can store your photos and videos uh, unlimited. So that's that's a big deal, but there is a catch, of course, uh, to photos with resolutions beyond the 16 megapixels and videos with resolution beyond uh, 1080p will be downscaled. So that's how they try to get to upsell you, get you committed, and then someday when you care about having a photo over 16 megapixels, which I don't know who does, but uh, maybe <laughs> photographers. And then uh, someday maybe I'll actually care to have a 4K video uh, of you know my kids opening Christmas presents. That won't be soon either. But uh, when that happens, you know uh, people will upgrade. And uh, yeah, so it's a really competitive 
uh, battle here as everyone lately, all the tech giants have seemed to be introducing these better storage options. That's interesting that Google's going with um, charging for quality as opposed to the competitors of, you know, even Amazon, which I use, and, you know, Apple, obviously, and Dropbox and everybody. They're just going straight up, you know, storage size to give you a certain amount free, and then above that, you know, you're going to pay 10 20 bucks or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the uh, the different options out there, so there's, like you said, you're using Amazon. I, I messed around with that a little bit, um, and then I noticed one, one of the things they do to try to, upsell you is is they limit the amount of videos you have so you start that's how they got me yeah (laughs) exactly so then they're like hey uh now that now that you've spent you know five hours gathering all your photos and you realize that you need videos uh too and you've hit your max uh, how about you upgrade so that's kind of their thing and then google you know ten ten dollars a month you can pay for original quality photos and videos um apple and that's with uh one terabyte Telebyte, you you get uh, paying ten dollars a month, and then Apple, uh, you get five hundred gigabytes, ten dollars a month. Dropbox, ten dollars a month gets you one telebyte. So really similar offerings here, but yeah, I think the catch for each service kind of differs, and it is interesting. They ver- they, they differ using. on the catches, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think it is interesting to see that Google chose quality. I think that it makes it um, because they chose quality of videos and photos that makes it uh, my favorite option as for storing videos and photos right now I use Dropbox I'm actually thinking of switching um, but I think it it makes it interesting because what they want is a high volume of photos and videos and it and that makes sense because Google has always been you know the type of company that wants to tag uh, metadata to all your information so I think they just want a lot of information on their servers and they said uh, that they're going to tag metadata to uh, your your photos and videos so that when you search for them uh, within your, you could search things like cat, you know, pull up photos of cats. And, and this is in line with what Google does. How do you know what I do business. all the time? Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> of course you're going to search for cat. <laughs> So uh, if you're a Google shareholder, you know, this is obviously the Motley Fool or, you know, investing for the long term and everything. This seems to lend itself to the bull case for Google because it really just develops the the Google ecosystem further. Yeah, it does. And and that's, uh, you know, they they are a search business. Ninety percent of their revenue comes from search and advertising. And 77 percent of that revenue of the advertising revenue is search related. Um, and, And this does tie in to search. They are learning more about you. Um, and at the same time, by offering these free services, just like they do with Gmail, so they get to offer the ecosystem, then they get to uh, you know, make money off of that ecosystem by learning more about you and being able to target better ad products. So that is one of the unique things about Google's business is they can offer these awesome uh, ecosystem of products and really invest a lot of time and effort into them into the ones that end up working of course they try things and they die off uh, you know but the ones that do work uh, they could really bolster their ecosystem and serve their customers and yeah i think it, it this google photos shows the strength of their business model and why they can afford to offer such a sticky ecosystem to customers yeah, I'm pretty much married to, uh, I mean, Gmail, Drive. Apparently, I'm going to start giving them my photos, too. 
Um, so I've been, yeah. I obviously read all of your content on fool.com and it's all awesome. Um, and, uh, you're obviously bullish right. on the, uh, the king of ecosystems, which is Apple. Um, can right. you, you know, give our listeners that aren't fully aware of just how good Apple is at that just to get, get a sense. And then I was also really curious what you thought. Um, Microsoft's playing catch up and arguably they're doing a good job in creating an ecosystem. Uh, uh, Nadell is actually doing a heck of a job over there, Microsoft, but I wanted to get, uh, your thoughts on if Microsoft can play catch up or just where they are in the process. That was a two parter. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> ecosystem has always been something that I've looked at, particularly with Apple, I mean, if you look back, even in 2013, when the stock pulled back, I think it was in 2013, pulled back about 50%. Um, you know, a lot of the worry when things like that happen has been product-related or near-term uh, changes to gross profit margins related to, you know, more expensive hardware and things like that. But what always seems to be happening with Apple is their total ecosystem of products, services, software has continuously just been improving. So even in 2013, 2014, each year their ecosystem is better than the year before. And just to make it clear here, so for listeners, the ecosystem is is basically we're just referring to Apple's suite of services uh, like Apple Pay, uh, iTunes, the App Store, and then you have the hardware that just works so well together. Uh, Then you have their, because Apple has integrated hardware and software. This means when they release a new software update like iOS 8, a high percentage of users can actually upgrade to that software. Like, for instance, right now, iOS 8, 8, 80% of users have downloaded uh, iOS 8 compared to Android's latest uh, version. I think it's around 10%. That seems so low, too. I just would have assumed everybody would update it. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway. Exactly. And yeah, and and uh, but yeah, Android. I mean, they have trouble getting people to upgrade just because that lack of integration. Uh, they have all sorts of different hardware using Android. Uh, so so yeah, I think Apple's ecosystem has just been a a big uh, catalyst for the company, and it it lets Apple uh, make mistakes in the near term on a particular product or software uh, they release. Uh, Google Maps was a big flop. Um, there was, you know, the, the Mac mini was never, never really turned into something big. Um, and you know, they can make these mistakes and they can have a bad year where one iPhone sales are flat over the year before instead of, uh, sales actually growing. And, you know, that's kind of how I view the, uh, why the ecosystem is so important. It kind of takes away the risk of products and failures. Um, and Apple just really tries to focus on the whole suite of offering and improving yeah, the e- customers. The ease of use of, you know, carrying around your iPhone all day and then going home and plugging it into your Mac and then it updating your music. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very easy. Do you feel like, um, uh, I'm sure you've heard about Microsoft's plans to have basically your phone um, be like the yeah. operating system and everything, and you'll just be able to plop it on your desk and it'll automatically sync up to a monitor at home so all of a sudden your phone becomes your pc um that sounds really attractive to me like will apple have to answer that at all well i mean i think they they're trying to head in that direction it seems like they're just not pushing it uh very fast they're waiting for i think apple's approach to integrating between you know the pc and the uh, mobile devices seems to be le- 
more of waiting for the technology to develop uh, so that they can make sure that when they do it, the experience is just right. You know, it's it's easy to use. And I think Microsoft is, seems to be pushing it a little faster, um, waiting less on the technology and just kind of making it happen, uh, which could, you know, in hindsight, in a couple of years, maybe we'll look back and... That, like, oh, that, that was genius right or thing. something, but yeah. So uh, yeah. Apple, Apple is your favorite stock right now. Yeah, I would say so. I, I'm, I'm, I've always been uh, an Apple bull, and even at these prices, I just think after the rebound, uh, it's, it's still a, a good price stock. And, and when you look at, a lot of people get stuck on, you know, the total market cap, or this company's just so big. But uh, when you look at the underlying value, I mean, it's, it's just. They're 750 billion market cap, but they have, you know, around 64, 65 billion in free cash flow. Um, so that that puts uh, the price to free cash flow for Apple is. is I just around, can't even imagine. Uh, Twelve. I just can't even imagine 64 billion dollars in free cash flow. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't think yeah, the human is, brain is. is wired to handle that. It's just not. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean. Obviously, the concern there. Sorry to interrupt. Um, obviously, the concern there because it, it doesn't look overvalue compared to the rest of the market or anything. I mean, it doesn't look crazy. But on the flip side, right. you're talking about the biggest company on the planet outside of Saudi Aramco. Um, right. Where does it grow from here? Are we just counting on you know everybody in Southeast Asia buying an iPhone now, or what's what's the deal there? <laughs> yeah, so I think, well, this, this brings into mind two things for me. It's, uh, first of all, it brings up that ecosystem thing again. It's you know, I think that um, the company is so big, but the ecosystem of product services and software is so robust that it just takes away the risk of Apple suddenly just losing, uh, you know, market share in, in an important area. And not only do they have a, a robust suite of offerings, but they're leaders in so many areas, you know, in, in tablets and high-end smartphones and iTunes, you know, and in uh, the App Store, there's just uh, that really takes away the risk. And then as far as growth, I think investors should always keep in mind that a business doesn't actually have to grow to for the share to grow. So, I mean, we we see them repurchasing around 10% of their shares per year. I mean, uh, it could be a little less, maybe 8% of their shares every 12 to 15 months or so. Um, And this rate repurchases, it'll probably decrease a little just because the share is pricier so they could get less bang for their buck. But they can really increase the underlying value just by using that awesome cash they're bringing in, which again, looks like it's protected by their, you know, hefty ecosystem uh, by repurchasing shares and uh, increasing the value per share for shareholders. Yeah, it's. Uh, I doubt he'll go out and buy it anytime soon, but to uh, borrow Buffett, Buffettism, it almost seems like Apple's ecosystem is its competitive advantage because technology always changes, yeah. and that's why Buffett doesn't like tech. But, man, that uh, it's really hard to get out of the Apple ecosystem once you're in. Right. Yeah, I think you worded it well there. Very good. Well, thank you for your thoughts, Dan. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you. 
That is it for us, fools. Before we go, I want to make our listeners aware of a very special offer for all industry-focused listeners. If you found this discussion informative and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We are offering the lowest price out there for our industry-focused listeners. It is $98 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every month with us insights from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of that deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. That's it for us, fools. Thanks for listening, and fool on.